Welcome to the Joy Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Slagle, along with Thad DeVassi. Jeremy Mitchell's story is one spent entrenched in the game of baseball. First as a starry-eyed boy collecting baseball cards and autographs, then as a youthful player, and always as a lifetime fan of the game. As an adult, he had an idea that would blend his love for baseball and its rich and colorful history into a side project that would exceed his boyhood dreams. Watching the World Series in 2013, Jeremy knew it was time, and he launched the Mitchell Bat Company, a creative endeavor that would specialize in hand-painted baseball bats. In less time than it took to play three innings, Jeremy took his early sketches and mock-ups and converted them into a live, online order-taking business. But as fast as it all came together, Jeremy acknowledges that his one swing on that October night was 36 years in the making. This is the Joy Venture Podcast with Jeremy Mitchell. Jeremy, thank you so much for taking some time this evening to join us, even though you're playing Mr. Mom tonight and, and uh, <laughs> watching the, the kids. It's really great of you to take some time to, to hang with us. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for asking. Yeah, I uh, had an opportunity to meet you uh, uh, after you spoke at the Circles Conference this year, and I was really um, moved by your talk. It really, really resonated with me and seemed like it really resonated well with the, the topics and the kinds of things we like to talk about. And so uh, as soon as I got back, I was like, reached out to Thad and I said, we got to get this guy on our podcast. So I'm really glad yeah, you great. responded and were willing to do that of and course. take us up on that. So. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, y'all were like the first, you and two others were like the first people that I, when I got off the stage, I just kind of like, they unmiked me, then I just like came out from behind and like you guys were like right there talk, ready to talk. And so that was, that was cool. And that, that's actually one of the, my favorite things like at these conferences, like it's, it's fun to, to be on stage and talk, but I, I, it's almost equally as fun to like meet people that I don't know, um, you know, and just like hear their story too, like hear your story and what you got going on. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think my favorite part about any design conference is just the opportunity to hang out and meet people. And, you know, one of the things I totally. hate about design conferences uh, at times are the, the monotony of some of the talks that are just kind of like, oh my gosh, I've heard this talk just done, you know, five different ways. And that's what I really appreciated <laughs> about what you brought to the table was, you know, it was about art, but and it was about entrepreneurship and it was about creativity, but um, you know, the topic was so different and so unique to what I'm used to hearing at design conferences. And I think it just really stood out to me because of that. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So, um, for those who may not know your story, um, I'd love to just kind of have you take a few minutes and kind of talk about your path to, you know, how you started the Mitchell Bat Company and, you know, just kind of that your, your, your brief, journey to this point would be really helpful. Yeah. So, uh, I'm 41 years old and, uh, I've, I've been a designer professionally for about 15 years. Um, 
I got, you know, I went to school for marketing and uh, I thought I wanted to go into sports marketing and I, and I did for just a minute. I worked for the senior PGA. Um, I thought I wanted to be like a Jerry Maguire type type guy, like in a suit, like at a, at a football stadium. And uh, I quickly learned that there was, there's about um, 10 million other people that were graduating that wanted to do the same thing. So it was a hard market to get into. And uh, so I kind of like um, taught myself design uh, with the help of my then girlfriend, now wife. Uh, when I when I met my wife, uh, she was a designer and she still is. And um, I was in a band and uh, she, I, you know, hired her to design uh, my CD cover. And uh, through that process, I uh, fell in love with not only design, but I fell in love with her and, you know, we got married and, and so she taught me design and, and, um, it was just, it opened up this, like this world of, uh, you know, this complete undiscovered world of, of creating things. Um, and so I kind of bounced around from job to job, um, learning different things like print, started off in print design and then went into web design and then application design and, and, um, you know, back and forth between like websites and, and print for working with various clients. And it was really like, um, it was, a, it was good timing when I started Mitchell Bat Company because I was at a point in my career where I was creating basically everything on screen. Like nothing was actually like in my hand. I, I, I could, I would spend, in, you know, years and years of making things, but nothing to show for it. You know, you might have a website uh, that you, that you build and then, you know, the client uh, uses it for 18 months and they burn it down and get something else. And so I, I, there was a part of me that was just like, ah, oh, man, I wish I had something that I could make. And it wasn't until I did a project in the summer of 2013 for a skateboard company called Salem Town Board Co. And my part of the project was to create their website and so uh, they didn't have any any photos or any videos or anything for, for content-wise. And so I then created, you know, the content for the website that I was about to build. And through that, through that process of hanging out with them in their shop and, uh, you know, going through the photos and, and, and the videos that I created and, and seeing them working with their hands um, with wood and with stain and with, you know, tape. And, you know, it was something that, I was like, oh, I never thought about doing something like that. And so I'm not going to make skateboards, but I had this idea to put stripes on baseball bats. And I'd never seen anything like what I envisioned. And I actually looked around the web and I didn't see any artisan, you know, bats that look like my the bats that I sell now. And so I um, started just like sketching I started sketching these baseball bats one after the other, and uh, I, that's kind of how it started, and then it just kind of took off after that. So you were going around sketching baseball bats, like in a little journal? Yeah, so in like a field notes. Okay. Were you just, were you, what were you, what was the, the end game on that? Just the idea was just to kind of fulfill a creative need or like, you know, what did you have plans of maybe doing something with it at some point or just kind of jotting yeah, so, down notes as they came to mind? Yeah, like the, the end game, I don't know that I had an end game at the start. I just, I knew that 
it was in my head and to, for me just to draw them at least like got it, got it a little further out of my head, but that wasn't, that wasn't enough. Um, so like I, I would, it was, it was back when Instagram, when people, when you couldn't upload a photo to Instagram, remember, remember those days when you had to use the Instagram camera? Mm-hmm. Yep. And like Instagram was like, it was instant. So it was like taking a picture of like what you're doing in that, in that instant. And so back then I was just taking a picture of the, of what I did and posting that to Instagram. And then that I would just kind of go on, go on with my day and not think about it. And then people would reach out and they're like, Hey, I saw your bats on Instagram. Um, are you going to make these bats for real? And based I, on your sketches at the time, and you know, I would say just my sketches. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Just like, just those sketches. And they weren't even very good. Like if you go back, like if, if, uh, you scroll back as far as you can on my Instagram feed, Mitchell Batco, um, you'll see some of those early sketches. And I bring those sketches back up that, that talk that I gave, uh, in Texas, you saw the sketches on the, on the screen just to show how raw they were. And people would ask questions and like, are you gonna make these bats for real? I'm like, no. And then like the more and more traction that I got from just those pencil sketches, the more I was like, you know what, I'm going to take these into Photoshop and, you know, make them look somewhat real more than just pencil sketches. And so I feel like that's kind of the, the turning point of me actually like launching this thing, because at that point, people would email me and they were people were like putting them on uh, Pinterest and uh, it was just gaining the, all this momentum and strangers were reaching out and they're like, hey, uh, I want to buy I want to buy one of your bats whenever you get your site up and running. And I had never talked about I had never talked about a website at all or that I was going to launch a company. And uh, so the more I was, I kept getting those, I probably got like, looking back, it probably wasn't even that many, like five people were like, Hey, I'll, I'll buy, I'll be your first customer. Hmm. So were you sharing this stuff with your wife at the time? What was she, what was (laughs) her thought? I didn't. So I didn't at the time because like when I realized like, okay, this, this could be, this could be something. Um, I probably, that's when I told her when I, when I realized like, okay, there's a, there's kind of a market for this. There's some people that are interested. Um, I didn't tell her at the sketch phase. Um, and she might've seen it on Instagram. I'm not sure, but, um, I wasn't like, we're going to do a business and it's gonna be baseball bats. Um, it, it kind of came, um, after I'd kind of proven that it, it was viable, a viable product. Okay. All right. So tell us about the moment you decided to launch the company. Yeah, that moment was, um, it was kind of a couple moments that, you know, when I did tell my wife, I said, uh, Hey, I have an idea. I think it's going to be cool. I'm, I'm, I want to put stripes on baseball bats and give money to uh, a baseball charity. And that would, that was kind of the idea. It was, it was super simple. And she said, okay, um, that sounds cool. And this was like, this was around, this is like actually around right now. It's kind of cool. October something, you know, I, I launched it October 31st, but it was, this was like a, a month prior to me launching it. Um, she said, why don't you wait until after Christmas? Because at the time we had just had our second baby. 
Um, and I started a brand new job at this ad agency that I'd, I'd always wanted to work for. And we just had like just a lot going on. And I said, okay, um, all right, I'll wait. I'll, I'll wait until after Christmas. You're right. We got a lot going on. And so, um, I kind of went on and, you know, we didn't talk about it, but I, but I kept thinking about it. It was one of those things that I just like, I kept thinking about it and I was like, man, I could do bats for all kinds of colors. And, um, and at the time I had no, no baseball bats in my possession. I had no idea how to make a bat. Um, I, I watched a few like YouTube videos on how to, how to make a bat. And, you know, this guy has like this, like piece of machinery and this like stack of wood. And that's just not me. Like, I, I'm just not going to be that. Like, I can't do that. I'm not a woodworker. And so the moment I launched it was actually October 30th, 2013, um, about a month or six weeks after I'd had the vision for this. And it was during game six of the World Series. And it was Boston Red Sox versus the Cardinals. And I'm watching this game, and uh, the the game is, is kind of coming to an end, and the Red Sox are about to win. And uh, I kept thinking about the the bat company. I'm like, man, what what should I what should I do? Because I, I want to do this, and I know I, I can't make the bats, but but I'm I'm gonna launch it anyway. I'm gonna launch it right now. And and we had already like my wife and I did talk a little bit about like okay, well, what what would you name this thing? Um, you know, I had I had no ideas like what what to even name this bat company, this fake bat company that didn't exist, and. I had already kind of had the logo, um, like two years prior. Um, I I had uh, my buddy Matt Lehman create a, a Jeremy Mitchell logo with my first and last name, and it's like baseball script inspired, you know. And and he did a fantastic job. And Kathy, my wife, she was like, "Well, why don't you call it Mitchell Bat Company, and we'll take your we'll take your logo and we'll just take off the Jeremy part." Um, and like adjust the M and there you go. There's your, there's your logo. And so the, because we had that existing, you know, illustrator file already ready to go, there was like, it took, you know, 10 minutes to adjust the logo and make it into a, a brand. And so I already had that. And, uh, and so like during this like commercial break, it was like a three minute break, um, during the seventh inning stretch, I decided, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to buy the URL. What, you know, what, what's, what can it hurt? What can hurt? I'm just going to buy this URL, eventualbatco.com. And then the next commercial break, I, um, you know, created a quick little website, a little free, you know, a free theme from Big Cartel. And I, I had a couple of, uh, you know, design mock-ups already that had been posted on Instagram. And so I, uh, and I had that logo. And so I popped in the logo and popped in the two bats I wanted to sell and put on the site that it would take six to eight weeks to, to get your bat. And there, there it is. I launched it and um, didn't think much of it. And um, it, then, you know, the, as the game continues to go on, I create this Instagram account, Mitchell Bat Co., and uh, I'm liking photos from people that are, that are watching the game. And, uh, and keep in mind, like, there's no bats. Like, there's no... I didn't know what I was doing if someone was going to buy a bat that, that night. Um, At least you gave so, yourself you know, some time to figure it out with the six to eight weeks, right? Yeah, six to eight weeks. And that was the, and that kind of like bought me some time in my mind. I was like, this, this buys me some time and, and I won't have to make this before Christmas and there won't be a 
crazy like rush to get them done. Like I, I can spend like the 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 next six to eight weeks like trying to figure out how to make a bat and paint that bat. <laughs> okay. I have a couple questions. Um, <laughs> I, so what I just heard was that you made a a bat company and, and brought it online between the seventh inning stretch and commercial breaks during a World Series game. And so, you know, which which is not the way most people launch uh, a business or an idea, right? Which is which is I find right. pretty amazing. But but I want I want to like take a couple steps back of like your your wife and because um, I know how my wife is and I and if I would say hey you know I'm I'm thinking of um, you know I want to I want to do this company and um, I have no idea how to make these things but and and pardon my uh, my my crude um, description here it's. I don't know how to make bats, but I, I can make them with really pretty colors. And I think it's going to be, you know, I'd like it. And I think other people might like it too. My wife would have said, yeah, that's, that sounds great. You're not doing that. Right. It would be like, <laughs> you have fun. Keep doing your sketches. That's a great little pastime for you. But, but there's a point where it goes from, you know, a, a sort of a seed of an idea to this point where you're like, I'm going to do this. And so what I'd like to ask is, you know, well, there, there's two questions I want to ask. One, you're, you're, you're working for this ad agency that, you know, sort of the dream job or the, the agency you wanted to work for. And then you launch this other thing, not knowing what it can be or will be. Um, so, so you got that aspect of like moving forward. Yep. But, but, even before that, before we get to that point, you know, when you thought about baseball bats and we, I could do these in different colors and it's like, again, I'll, I'll go back to what my wife would say. She's like, you don't make bats. Why don't you offer to design bats for a bat company? Right. But, but you went ahead and you obviously have a deep connection with baseball. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like th this isn't, at least in my opinion, it doesn't sound like what it may sound like to some of our listeners is like, I just had this idea and, boop, and, and then I built this thing and there it was and off we're <laughs> running. But, but go backwards in, in time for me about, you know, why baseball? Why bats? What is it about this game, this pastime that has you hooked to the point in 2013 to a World Series game, you launch a company. Um, it, it, to me, is this is like something that's been building over time, I believe. So why don't you speak a little bit to that? Yeah, all that's true. I mean, it, this this thing was like 36 years in the making. I mean, wow. I, I, I grew up, you know, I, I grew up playing baseball, number one. Um, so I, I love the actual sport of the game. Um, I also grew up, uh, in, in a house where my mom loved history. She was a, I would say she's a history buff and we, you know, presidents today, like she, we would talk about the presidents and Abraham Lincoln and George Washington. And, and we were, um, all the time we, we, I grew up in Hendersonville, Tennessee, but we would go to, we'd go to Indiana like once a month to visit my grandparents. 
and they grew up on a farm and their farm uh, was in a, in a town called Rockville, Indiana. And Rockville, Indiana looks like the set from Back to the Future. Like it still does. And even back then, it, it was like going back in time to a time capsule. And then we would like, we'd drive home, you know, back and forth and we'd stop off at all these like um, Amish village or Quaker village. And we would learn about the history of the Quakers and we would see how they used to make blankets and furniture and all these things. And so combination of like growing up, like being around history and appreciating history and also playing a game that I loved and reading about Babe Ruth and Ty Cobb. And I kind of paired the, the history side of what my mom taught me to the thing of baseball, which, which the game that I love has a rich history. Not to mention how beautiful the, the uniforms are and all the different colors and all the different um, ways that baseball stadiums look like they're all they're all different like they're all sort of these um you know historical time capsules themselves and and so it's just it's a beautiful sport and it's it's an artful sport and it's a it's a sport that um takes time and it's it's a slow game which is I think is kind of cool because you can you can watch a game and then you know talk to the person next to you and not feel like you missed something and so similar to um, what I do with the bats and how I make the bats and how I paint the bats, um, it, it's a very long process and, it's, and, it, and it takes time um, and it's a beautiful process and it's, a, it's a something that is like a, it's a perfect process, I think. And, and so all these things, like I say it's 36 years in the making, like it really is. Like I, I grew up looking at baseball cards and, and not only just like looking at them, but just really like studying the uniforms. And I like, as a kid, like I hated reading. I didn't want to, I didn't, I didn't want to read the, the required reading, um, for my school. And, and so, but I would read the back of baseball cards and it's like a, like a sentence, <laughs> you know, like it's a very short, it's like a paragraph at, at, at most. And, um, I would, you know, I subscribe to this magazine called Beckett Magazine and inside Beckett, it has every baseball card listed. And so I would, I would read this magazine, these articles about these different baseball players. And um, I would study the, you know, the price of the baseball cards. Like these, these cards went up and down. It was like the stock market. And so like as a 10-year-old, I'm, I'm learning like that something that I own has value. And that value goes up and down. And I could go to a baseball card store or a baseball card, um, show or something. And, and like talk to these like grownups, which they're probably like at the time, like 20 years old, you know, I, I talked to these like men about baseball cards and it was something that it was a common thread that I, uh, that I could have with another, uh, stranger basically. And I thought that was kind of cool. And so full circle, you know, like my love for history, my love for baseball, my love for design, all of those things combined is like the perfect storm, which is Mitchell Batco. Mm. That's great. I remember being, uh, I remember collecting baseball cards when I was like uh, probably elementary, middle school. And I distinctly remember, I don't know why, but I remember the Astros jerseys and they had the big, oh, the, yeah. just the thick stripe orange. They went from like yellow to orange with big old thick stripes all across the chest. 
And uh, for some reason, that one just really resonates with me. But yeah, there's just, there are lots of stripes in baseball. Yeah, the Astros, it's funny you mentioned that because the, the those uniforms, it was the first time uh, a baseball team hired an ad agency to to rebrand them. Wow. Um, and that's why they looked so crazy because it was this, I don't know, probably the 60s, late 60s, 70s. They and left an impression people hated, on me. Yeah, people hated those uniforms because they were so out of the out of the out of the norm that uh, they seemed untraditional. And now, you know, the Astros wear those uniforms as throwbacks, and people, it's like their favorite fans' favorite uh, designs. We posted a blog post actually today, and it's where it kind of like the first time I realized that that people typically use this statement. Uh, and they don't use it the right way. And, and someone said something out of the blue, like, well, strike while the iron's hot. At the time when they said it, I thought that's, that seems out of place in the way that they're saying this. It sounded like, you know, while you have that idea, like when that idea first pops into your head or like, it's almost like make haste. Don't, don't think about it. Just do it. And it took me back to, you know, you talked about history and, and doing things growing up as a child and, and all that. We lived uh, in Detroit growing up, right outside of Greenfield Village. Uh, Henry Ford would collect these old houses from inventors and, and uh, famous American writers that were going to get bulldozed over as they were putting in new uh, subdivisions or the houses were falling up into dis- disrepair. And he would lovingly go and collect these houses and he has them all up at Greenfield Village. And one of the things that I really loved was we would go in and see the, the blacksmith I remember distinctly going in there and watching the blacksmith for the first 15 or 20 minutes. He would just talk to us. I'm sitting there eight years old and I just want to see him start banging on something because it's so cool because the sparks start flying and the <laughs> metal's bending. And, and for some reason, like at that moment, I just, it, it reminded me that the whole concept of strike while the iron's hot is not about doing something with haste. It's, it's about the fact that the, the blacksmith was taking time not just to talk about the history of blacksmithing and to point out his tools and to say this is an anvil and this is this, but he would walk back over to the stove every once in a while and he would turn the metal and then he would just keep talking. And, and as an adult, I now realize that the reason he was doing that is because he was waiting for that iron to get to just the right color to where he could pull it out and mold it the way it needed to be molded. And he knew this because of his training and, and you know, the, the hours that he had spent doing that. And I realized that the, the idea of strike while the iron's hot is, is much about continuing to strike on something before it cools down as much as, as much as it is waiting patiently for the iron to be ready. What I hear from in your story, and it, it resonated with me at the conference as well, was that, at some point in time, you know, you, you grew up playing baseball, you love baseball, you love design, you love history, like all these things kind of culminated and they were on simmer, like on the back burner. And it was Mm. almost like those irons were in that fire, just waiting to get to the right heat and the right amount of like malleability. I don't know if that's the right word, but malleable enough to, to, to hit it. Right. And so Something happened during the seventh inning stretch at, during game six that you realized the iron is the perfect glow of orange to start hmm. banging on it. 
right? <laughs> and and that was what that yeah. strike when the iron's hot. It's it's knowing and having almost that sense that this is the right moment to do something. And um, yeah, and so I was just how how did you know? Like, what was it that motivated you aside from you had baseball on the brain because you were watching the game? Was there something that prompted you? Was it something that moved you to take something that had been simmering for 36 years and realize I'm going to do it all right now and I'm going to do it during one game and it's going to be by the time this game's <laughs> over, I'm going to have a, a product, a website, an Instagram feed and you know all this stuff done. It's like it, it took 36 years to simmer, but it took an hour to launch your company. No one's ever said what you just said, and I appreciate that. That's that's amazing. Thank you. Um, and yeah, no one's really asked me that type of question before. But going back, like when I walked into that skateboard shop, I was just there to do a project, just like every other project. But something, something there, just I don't know. It just it just unlocked a world in in my mind that. I never thought was possible for myself. It was a, it was a combination of a lot of things. It was the skateboard company. It was going, man, you know what? I'm really tired of being behind my computer. Um, I'm really tired of like not having something like this. And it, and it wasn't like I had tried a bunch of other like physical products. Like I have a long list of uh, companies that I've started or ideas I've started that have failed that we've shut down. And it was like, okay, so I drew these baseball bats, you know, no big deal. And then so I took it into, like I said, Photoshop. And then I created like somewhat of a mood board um, to show one of my mentors. And uh, I showed him, I was like, hey, I have this, I have this idea. And I showed my mentor this before I showed my wife. And I said, I have this idea. It's, it's creating baseball bats. There's a lot of stuff out there in the, in the market of hand-painted handles of some sort, whether it's like an ax or a paddle or a knife, um, hammer, you know, all these things, but nobody was doing baseball bats. And I mean, of course there's painted baseball bats out there, but they're all like for the field. They're all like one color or two colors at most. And I don't know, there's just like, there's so many stripes in baseball that would look good on a bat. And that's kind of what I, that's kind of what I thought. And, um, I showed him, I showed my mentor this, this, uh, this idea and this sort of this mood board of photos. And, uh, he looked up at me and he said, you're going to put your kids through college with this idea. And I just smiled real big. And I said, nah, no, you, no, this, you got the wrong idea. Like no one's, no one's going to buy these. Like there's no one's going to buy these. Like, why would you say that? He goes, no, this is a good idea. Like you're, you're onto something what that taught me was, uh, share your, share your ideas with, with everyone, even if it's like half baked or not even thought out really like get it out there because that person's going to either say, this is, this is a really good idea or this is a really dumb idea. Or they're going to say, Oh yeah, I saw that the other day and they pull up some website that you never heard of. And you're like, Oh, okay. Hmm, never mind. Yep. <laughs> and you can go on with your life. Um, yep. and that's just, that's kind of how I've always kind of approached things like not necessarily like for any, any other reason of just like I'm on to the next thing like immediately. And so we haven't really created many ideas since Mitchell bat 
because this one has taken up so much of so much of our time. But there's there's other things coming um, because of Mitchell Bat that that's kind of been on my mind for a little while. But now you're partnering with people, you're partnering with businesses, you're you've got a line of caps, and you're doing you're extending that brand into other cool memorabilia and yeah. So we've yeah we added hats, um, shirts, hoodies, jackets. Um, I used to sell a book um, that Field Notes makes. Uh, about baseball. Um, we sell baseballs, um, pennants, anything that is, that resembles anything baseball that, that goes along with, um, my brand and my story and, um, my aesthetic. Uh, it's, it's, it's unlimited. Well, and the opportunity that it's allowed you to also create with some other amazing designers out there that's opened up some doors as well. Yeah. Collaborating with, with lots of people that I would have never gotten to, to work with, um, people and companies both. That's great. So, um, just to kind of bring it full circle, we, we started out talking about the Boston Red Sox. Um, and then you got a request from their office to make some bats and send them their way. Yeah, I did last, uh, last spring. So tell, tell us a little bit about what, what the result of that was. Yeah. So I've been, I've been Instagram buddies with um, the Red Sox creative department for since really the beginning. Um, it started with their team photographer, Billy Weiss. Um, his Instagram is BJWeiss22. He's amazing. He's a young, talented photographer that is just crushing the, the baseball photography game. And so I've been friends with him for a while, just like back and forth, you know, chit-chatting on Instagram and um, figured out who their other designers are, Marissa McLean is another designer, um, that it's, it's her first job out of college and she's been there for like six years. She's been there like since I started Mitchell bat. So, uh, it's been that long. And so we just kind of like talk back and forth on Instagram, just like you do. And, um, the Red Sox creative department, they, they remind me of, they remind me of a, of an agency that is just pushing the envelope. Like they don't, they don't have any boundaries. They don't, um, they don't subscribe to the norm, they're all the time doing different things. And so they asked me to create these bats. It's just a, a red bat with four white stripes and a white Boston B on it. And then like the opposite, like a, like a, a white one with red stripes and a red B. And they said, we had this idea, uh, for our, uh, photography this, this season, we want to put the players like, in, we want to do these portraits in this like red, room. So like the the walls are red, the ceiling was red, the floor was red, and they're just going to be in this room with, and we want to, we want them holding your bats. And so of course I said yes. And I painted them and they, you know, let them dry and sent them to them. And I kind of, you know, moved on. Uh, you know, I checked in, did you get the bats? Yeah, we got them. They look great. Thanks for doing that. And typically in those kinds of things, like you don't really hear back, <laughs> you know, from, the client, like they, they do their thing and then you don't hear anything. And so it was like a random day and I wasn't, I had kind of forgotten about the project and forgotten about the, the bats. And, um, my Instagram, like just kept, I just kept getting at mentions on Instagrams in the feed, my, um, Instagram stories, uh, people were like tagging me in these photos and it was a picture. It was like a, a photo shoot that I was watching live from the Red Sox feed of all the players one at a time 
getting your picture made, holding, holding my bat, holding a Mitchell bat. And, uh, it was a super cool moment. I'm just like sitting there watching this alone, uh, you know, on Instagram. And, um, it was just super fun to see that happen. Wow. Well, and then you got a chance to go visit the stadium, right? And, oh, and yeah, see yeah, it in Fenway. action. Yeah, Fenway Park. Yeah, I'd never been there before. And uh, it's it's the oldest ballpark in Major League Baseball. Um, and uh, yeah, we were there. My wife and I went. The game's about to start. Actually, the, the game is like four hours from starting. And uh, we, had a, we had arranged this... Uh, you know, private tour with the creative department, the the people I just mentioned. And um, so we're sitting there uh, before, you know, we, she said, come here at four o'clock and we'll come to this certain gate and we'll let you in and we'll, we'll go do everything. And, um, and so uh, we're sitting there at this, like, there's a, a thing called the bleacher bar. And if, if you've ever been to Boston, it's, it's like, it's a bar in the outfield, but it's like outside the stadium. And you walk in and it's just like, it's exactly what you would imagine in Boston. Like it's just full of Boston memorabilia and they, they have like a garage door that's op- wide open looking, looking into the field. And it was just like, man, I can't believe I'm here. This is Fenway Park. I've always wanted to come here as a kid. It's the home of the Green Monster. And we're about to see, we had, we had, they gave us tickets to, to two games, a, a night game and a day game. And so like I get to go to a game, which is, you know, my favorite thing to do. And so we're sitting there at this bar and Marissa sends me a text and she says, Hey, change of plans. Can you come now? Um, we got the, we got the keys to the green monster and we're going to take a tour and we're going to go inside. And, uh, I'm just like, man, I can't believe this. So we paid our tab and we're like, we leave, we leave the bar like in a, in a hurry. We didn't even know what, like what direction we we're supposed to be going in. And so we asked this guy, we're like, Hey, where's gate D? And he goes that way. And so like, we're like kind of walking really fast and then out of the blue, kind of out of nowhere, we're walking and I, I had one thing in my mind, which was get to gate D because we're about to go inside the green monster. Like I could not think about anything else but that. And, you know, we're walking fast and then all of a sudden there's this, there's this uh, super long wall down the sidewalk and it was of those pictures that were taken in spring training with the guys holding my bats and it was just one photo after the other. And these, these, this, this wall, this fence was like probably 12 feet tall. And these like larger than life photos uh, of these guys holding the bats that I held myself and painted myself are at the oldest ballpark in America. And <laughs> I just like, I, I, I kind of like couldn't even make a sentence. I, could, I was just looking at these pictures and I was like, Kathy, look at this. This is... I don't even know what to say. Like what in the world? Like, I didn't know this was here. Like I knew they had, I knew they had did something with the photos, but I, I had no idea that they would, they would make this thing that I saw that I was getting to witness and stand there on the sidewalk and with my wife and who's been through all this journey with me and get to experience this thing that is such a surprise, such a delight that uh, I'll, I'll never forget it. That is that is a great way to, to come full circle with your story. I mean, that is just such a cool, <laughs> what a, you know, it's, it's your, your, you know, I know you continue to, to, you know, build your business and continue to do stuff, but like to go from the seventh inning during a game, during a Boston game, and then to come 
full circle to be able to see yourself, you know, at the park and, and see your bats, uh, 12 feet high along the side of the building. That's just <laughs> what a cool story and a great image, you know, to, to be able to, to have that story. is just so awesome. And I'm just really appreciative that you've taken some time to share that with us. Yeah. Thank you, Jeremy. The, the question I want to ask is, you know, maybe the question other people are thinking is that, okay, you, you just mentioned, all these other iterations of um, where Mitchell Batco is able to go in, in sort of um, you know apparel and merchandising and other things. Is this your full-time job now? Did you leave the sort of dream agency job? Or you is this now your your full-time gig? And and how did you and if it if it is or isn't, how did you even manage the the sort of your mind space of man, this is my passion, this thing that I love. Does it stay uh, sort of a, a side a side gig for you? Or does when does it become the main thing? Or, or has it become the main thing? Or when does it become the main thing? I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that about just sort of the, from the moment that you've launched it to where you are, you know, six years later, where this sort of sits in your, in, in in what Jeremy does. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's not my, I have a full-time job. Um, it's not my main thing. Some, some days it feels like my main thing, um, from a, you know, monetary standpoint and also from a time standpoint. Um, but no, it's not my main thing. Um, my, my wife is also a designer. She's a stay at home mom. Uh, we homeschool our three girls and, uh, no, it's not my main thing, but you know, it's like people ask me that all the time. They're like, do you, have you ever thought about, uh, doing this full time? I'm like, yes, of, of course, of, of course <laughs> I have. Who wouldn't want to, who wouldn't want to do this full time? Um, but it's, it's one of those things. It's like, I, I'm still like an, I'm still an agency person. Like I, I'm still the person that, uh, can't sit still and I can't do just one thing ever. Um, even when, you know, dating back to like high school, <laughs> like I ran track, I played basketball, I played baseball. I had a, basically a part-time full-time job and I was a student. Um, and I did, you know, church activities and went to camps. And, and so like, I don't think I'll ever do just one thing, even if it's like, oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, I, I just don't think I'm made to do just, just one thing, but, um, it, it had a very fast success, um, right out of the gate and we've, we've continued to grow. Um, and it's just, I don't know, you know, it's one of those things. It's one, like, I'm not, I'm not banking on it, but I'm also not gonna, gonna let go of that thought or that notion that we're going to sell enough bats that it could equal what I make at my day job yeah. in addition to what I already make. And, I don't know. It's, it's, it's also, um, it's a race against time too. It's, uh, my kids are little, um, I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very tired. Um, but that's, that doesn't stop me from, from, from continuing to grow this business like I should, um, and have a responsibility to grow this business and, and much bigger responsibility is to be a husband and a dad, um, I mean, that's, that's my number one and that 
I need to focus on that. And, um, and I, I catch myself sometimes because I, I, I feel guilty sometimes that I've spent too much time, you know, working on the business or, you know, trying different things or traveling. Um, which is why I've, I've, anytime that I've, anytime that I've could, uh, bring my kids along, um, on these appearances that I make, or, um, if I'm throwing the first pitch out at a minor league game, like I like to bring them out there in the field with me. And that's a memory that I can make with my kids, but I don't know, like maybe someday. (laughs) Um, but it, it kind of feels like winning the lottery, you know? Oh, absolutely. When you, when you, how how many lottery winners are there? Right. Right. When you, when you get a chance to fulfill, uh, you know, a, a dream, really. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's kind of like pinch me. When does it end? But you have a very, um, I, I, like humble approach to the whole thing, which is really refreshing in the sort of entrepreneurial space where we hear so much about, you know, you, you got to scale, you got to grow. And yeah, would, would, sure. Would you like that to happen? But not at the expense of, your family and what's important, or even as you said, just your mind space of wanting to do other things to be able to put this in its right place right now. And, and, and that's, that's really refreshing to hear. Yeah. Good. Cool. Awesome. Jeremy, thank you. This is, um, you know, continue, continued, uh, success with, bats and hats and whatever else goes with it. I, uh, you know, for you, for for your sake, I hope it does, uh, you know, explode into more than you could ever have imagined and, and see where it takes you. And, um, and if not, then you, you've definitely got your priorities straight and good luck with all the other ideas you've got percolating. Thank you, Jeremy, for sharing your story with us. If you're interested in getting more information about Jeremy and the Mitchell bat company, visit his website at mitchellbatco.com. To hear more podcasts or read posts that are meant to nudge the dreamer in all of us to become the doer we were meant to be, visit us at joyventure.net. If you've discovered your joy but feel stuck on how best to develop it, you've come to the right place, as that's what Thad and I do for our day jobs. Feel free to drop us a line through the website, and we'll talk. Until next time, remember, never stop discovering. Thanks for listening.